Hey guys, welcome to the kids' table. Today we're watching 1992's Ladybugs, a soccer comedy starring Rodney Dangerfield and Jack Hay. Here's what you're in for, according to the first plot summary listed on IMDb. Chester Lee, played by Rodney Dangerfield, must take on the coaching duties of his company's employee's daughter's soccer team in order to impress his boss. Desperate for success, he enlists the aid of a ringer, his fiancé's son. Wackiness ensues. The guest on today's show is Nat Torpy, and here we go. All those beautiful people in this neighborhood. Hey, let's beautify the neighborhood. <laughs> Stay indoors. <laughs> to get ahead in business. Good luck. Thanks. Oh, and I'm glad you gave me the right finger. Sometimes you have to play ball. Chester, my company sponsors a girls' soccer team. I'm coaching the ladybugs. It sort of goes with the promotion, you know? It's a big office right next to mine just waiting for a guy like you. What the hell do you know about soccer? You kick the ball down the field into the net. <laughs> Try and control the ball. <laughs> Forget the ball. Try and stay on your feet. Oh, I'm off to a great stop. What he doesn't know. Win the game, win the game, win the game. Could get him fired. Get the book, get the book, get the book. I can't look. Hey, what are you, a fish? What he's willing to try. What? Could get him arrested. No, you're crazy, Chester. It'll never happen. Chester put a boy on a girl's soccer team. Hey, guys. So we are here at the kids' table today. I'm here with Matt Torpy. Hello. And, oh, there he is. That's Matt. <laughs> and we are discussing the... Possibly children's movie, <laughs> Ladybugs. Well, I think our first, I think our first admission has to be that it's PG thirteen, right? It is, yeah, it is it's a PG thirteen. Technically, an all audiences children film, but through a through a really like limited poll, I found that it's like it's it's been in the childhood of so many, specifically girls who are on yeah. soccer teams, which I mean, as we'll get into, is so wildly inappropriate and so Very bad. Inappropriate. And, and and so much of it's traumatically sort of, like, been blocked out. Because, like, I showed it to my girlfriend, Christy, who's on a soccer team. You only have so many movies to watch as, like, an actual 13-year-old that are about soccer before Bennett Like Beckham came out. <laughs> and this was one of them, and she just forgot all, all the shit that's in here. I, um, yeah, re-watching this, I rewatched it alone. Um, I poured myself some wine and made some popcorn because I really thought that I was going to be revisiting a delightful <laughs> memory of my childhood. And that turned out not to be the case. Just running your fingers over old, storied <laughs> furniture and just seeing a place where you used to live. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I have memories of like watching this on uh, the WB used to show Sunday afternoon movies and this movie would play and I would sit down and watch it. How do you do you remember how much of the stuff that you then were appalled by on this recent viewing like that you remember still being aired on the WB? No, because it turns out when I watched this movie, I only remember two scenes of this entire movie. Which were? Uh, I remember the scene where, so we should say this movie revolves around a boy, the um, the stepson, the fiance's son that, yeah. we, that we mentioned, played by Jonathan Brandis. Um, it involves him, a boy, playing uh, soccer on a girl's soccer team dressed as a girl, which in 1992 is done in the most insensitive way possible. <laughs> Well, he just puts on a wig, and he doesn't even change his no. voice. He's just like, and Jonathan Brandis has a really deep voice, a even for a boy. very deep voice for he's a 13-year-old. Like, hey. It's like, hey, I'm Martha. And it's like, I don't, like, heartthrobby, but definitely not female. Yeah, um, so that was really interesting. So the, the only two scenes that I remember from this movie, it turns out, are the scenes where he's doing a quick change, and he's trying really hard not to let his mother uh, know that he is dressing as a girl, because apparently... That is the thing to be most concerned about, um, mm. you know, as a parent, when your son, as it's revealed earlier in this movie, hasn't turned in his homework for two weeks. Um, yeah, like, not in school. Like, no. <laughs> just watching, like, weird, washed-out, like, hair metal videos all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's less concerned about that and more concerned about the fact that he likes wearing a dress on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just can I like provide a quick like like macro out even more? Yeah, let's 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 do that. Part of what concerns me about the conceit of this podcast <laughs> is the sort of like idea that like we come back to these films 
as jaded, cynical, late 20-somethings and kind of, like, poke holes in them, which is so easy to do. It's such a, like... It's such, like, an easy thing to go and do. It's like, oh, logical inconsistencies and the story structure is really shoddy and all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and so I'm very aware of that and trying not to be an asshole, but, but like, fuck this, this movie. This was not a good movie. This movie actually, like, I, I'm, I, I will bring my full critical faculties to it, and I really hated it. Yeah, um, I was just, I was very, this actually ruined I have no sentimental attachment I've never even heard of it until just now but most people I talk to have seen it yeah um I was I mean I was live tweeting about it as I watched it and people were saying oh my gosh I love that movie I love Jonathan Brandis he was you know a huge part of my childhood he was a huge part of my childhood too but god I did not remember how bad this movie is Jonathan Brandis uh very very cute very cute I'll say that on mic. Uh, <laughs> Good looking boy. Like Leo style. Give you some feelings that you weren't prepared for? <sighs> yeah, and it was that movie was in particular this movie was confusing. <laughs> Didn't know what he was up to. Um, I mean I will say that he was a much more attractive young man than he was when he put on the ninety nine cent wig that Rodney Dangerfield clearly bought him from a rainbow. And the floral print dresses that he was running around in. I have one nice thing to say about um I mean, I'll cut Rodney Dangerfield some slack. Okay. But in this mo- in the context of this movie, I have only one positive thing to say about Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, and it's that his eyes are arresting and stunning. <laughs> Aren't they? They're like this icy bulging? blue. Well, they're huge, but like, they're icy blue. That's scary. They're like a serial killer's eyes, but they're like, they're like beautiful. Well, I think, okay, that's a, that's a good place to start. Um, let's, let's dial back to the beginning of this movie. Okay. And because he, Rodney Dangerfield is the character who is introduced first as the person that we are supposed to be following uh, through this narrative. We meet him at a self-help uh, rally thing that I guess were really popular in the 90s. It's a seminar. Yeah. Um, it's a Hitler joke. Y- yes. Yeah. Which, not so funny after uh, recent events. After the Holocaust. Yeah. Not so funny. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to say after Donald Trump's Nazi rally in South Carolina. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, But, um, well, this is is a different, like, this is like, the doctor's name was Dr. Von Kemp. I wrote this down. (laughs) Who is Hitler in the most transparent way ever. Um, But this sequence actually made me think the movie might be, like, surreally good. Oh, okay. Like, because... This is five minutes into the movie, by the way. Yeah, five minutes into the movie. Like, establishing a shot of some city, uh, and then you hear the, like, rally cries of, like, I am good, like, I am powerful, I can succeed. And then it cuts to, like, this extreme Nazi imagery of, like, banners and, like, arm-banded goons standing astride this, like, diminutive despot sort of talking about how everyone should suck up to their boss. Uh, And... It, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of, like, Brazil or something. Like, it was, like, this t- dystopic thing. Oh. It was, like, ooh, and everyone's looking into a tiny little compact mirror and saying affirmations to themselves. Like, that's kind of... I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool imagery. And, 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 and yeah, so it might have been the most visually interesting scene in the entire movie. I mean, I think it's interesting that you came into Ladybugs thinking it was going to be Brazil. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I had no illusions that it was going to be Brazil, but, like, that scene in particular, I was like, maybe this will be, like, one of those 90s movies that's, like, just so uncanny and weird now in the face of, like, modern tastes, okay. but kind of interesting in its own way. See, it's it's interesting that you were able to take all of that um, from that scene, because I... It was destroyed immediately. Yeah, I mean, well, I was watching that scene and couldn't... Get, I, I had to readjust myself to watching Rodney Dangerfield, who seemed to shake a lot like he was an alcoholic <laughs> who hadn't had a drink in a few days no like, he, he rocks on his shaking he, he rocks on his heels it's like he's like and like wiggles his eyebrows because that's his stage persona but i just always felt like his face like his face was always shaking his eyes were always bulging oh i God. it was very disconcerting to watch and then after he leaves this this weird rally seminar he goes back to his neighborhood we're introduced to this you know Fairly attractive, much younger woman who apparently really wants to marry Rodney Dangerfield. Is in love with Rodney Dangerfield and his weird old man dockers and his uh, bug eyes. I mean, 
I thought the King of Queens was bad, but this. Is <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all know how it works. It's every everything. Every movies. To, yeah, just hot wife, <laughs> schlubby dude who she somehow sees to the core of his goodness. Yeah, I mean, so that I mean that kind of introduces Rodney Dangerfield. Um, it was weird again going back to watch this because the entire first twenty minutes of this movie deals with Rodney Dangerfield, Jonathan Brandis, who I had convinced myself as a now twenty-seven-year-old was the reason I used to love and adore this movie. I think he does not actually show up oh. until like twenty minutes into this movie, except for three seconds. Well, at I the mean, beginning. like they like they they're trying like the flop sweat is so hard in this movie because like. The plot is so weirdly, like, hammered together and, like, mo movement of the plot hinges on these, like, weird m moments that are, like, uh, uh, I I'm having trouble even, like, talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we both really did not. Like, Von Kemp is, like, make sure you're taller, shorter than your boss so that's easier to kiss his ass. Yes. That's, like, a, that's, like, the statement you were, like, left with on the rally. And then he goes and he needs, and he needs a, he needs a big raise. He's the top salesman. Uh, so that he can afford to marry this woman who is inexplicably in love with him. For some reason, he needs a bunch of money. Right. I that's I don't know if that's ever explained, except they want a house. I also think she doesn't want to go to work anymore. She Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe she's terrible, but the problem is that she gets zero well, screen well, time. No, not that she's terrible, just because they're, like, kind of conforming to those, like, early, you know, those, those wife, yeah. husband... She's going to stay home and raise the kid. But it's one of the most sexist and misogynist movies I've seen in a while. And like, yeah. and yet there, it's so schizophrenic because there's like a fem, there's supposed to be this like weird feminist message at the very end. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we're, we're going to get there. I mean, I <laughs> it, it, it goes from this, it goes from, first of all, Rodney Dangerfield gets home and he, he's either getting home or leaving his home and he's complaining about the ugly people in his neighborhood as he stands on his front porch in his, like, halfway button-down... I forgot about this. <laughs> I, I watched this movie in two parts over two days because I couldn't get through it, and uh, so I forgot some stuff. Yeah, no, he um, he does a lot of insulting of ugly people in his neighborhood. But that, he's an he, insult comic. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense because... <laughs> He's doing it standing in a half-buttoned-up Hawaiian shirt with bulging eyes I, he, he and drunk bad. shapes. <laughs> he does have the delirium tremens, like, something fierce in this movie. Uh, but I mean, the, should we just go? Like, he, he then leaves this neighborhood, and he goes to his office where his boss has this soccer team and immediately just walks into the office and starts sexually harassing all the women. All of them. Well, he's supposed to have this, like, also un... Like, this is where they're trying to hit weird plot points from, like, the early 90s version of PC, right? So, like, right. he has, like, a relation... He has a sort of, like, friendship with Jacquet. <laughs> Jacquet. Jacquet. Jacquet, uh, um, if, you're, if you're wondering who Jacquet is, uh, she is the mother... Tia Tamara's mom. Yeah, on Sister Sister, so... Yeah. <laughs> I think this was... Pre-Sister Sister. You th when did that show? I, I don't know. I'll look it up carefully. You keep going on about... Uh... Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, so, like, he comes to work. She's, like, his office mate in the sales floor. And they're just... They have this, like, witty banter, kind of. And she's supposed to, like, love Chester. It's just, like... The problem is... They corralled Rodney Dangerfield. He was... he, he His film his career started in the 80s. He... He was, like, everyone was laughing at him. That was, like, his shtick, because then he's like, I can't get any respect, right? Because yeah. everyone laughs at him. So then they, like, just sort of, like, shoehorned him into these movies where they're just like, do your thing around a story that will happen regardless of your awareness or, like, involvement in it. And so, like, you I have this shaky, weird, bulgy-eyed dude who... The real Jacque, 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 I believe it's Jacque. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would love to know what the like offset relationship between those two was. Yeah, I don't think she would have spoken. Because they gotta touch and like be friendly, and it's 
Well, here's here's a fun thing about Jack Hay's attitude. Confused with a much lesser known black celebrity who happens to look a little bit like Jack Hay. And someone on Twitter, you're white, you don't need to know. Who he is. Please help me. She has a reality show on OWN now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but so on Twitter, someone confused her and, and Jack Hay, and Jack Hay responded <laughs> very uh, concisely same look, different tax bracket. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That so, fucking I, Bernie Sanders burn, man. That's yeah. crazy. So I, I do have a soft spot for Jack Hay in, in my heart. And I think she deserved better than Ladybugs. Yeah, but she, like, I mean, like, everyone felt a little trapped in the movie, right? Yeah. Like, everyone was like, it's going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be like a crossover hit between adults and kids. Uh, and Jack Hay clearly got sassy black lady. Yeah. I mean, well, let's dive into that uh, adults and kids crossover yeah. um, appeal here. Because I distinctly remember this being a children's movie. That's what I was told. Um, this was not a children's movie. But it also was not a movie for adults with any kind of developed sense of humor. <laughs> I th- the, right. Well, I, what you're dancing around is the fact that it fails on every level. <laughs> <laughs> and that no human being would want to watch it except a child maybe yeah i mean well clearly i i clearly children did want to watch this in the 90s and a large part of that was because and that's what i don't get a large part of the appeal to kids in the 90s was jonathan brandis who was a little bit older than jonathan taylor thomas um mm-hmm. so early 90s heartthrob i certainly enjoyed him he later went on to star on sequest i believe sequest dsv yeah yeah yeah. and he uh did the voice of my favorite aladdin character on the aladdin cartoon show wasn't rap (laughs) which everyone will will fondly remember (laughs) (laughs) am i the am i the only one who uh read aladdin and wasn't rap slash fic i guess so (laughs) Uh, Matt, You're no. alienating everybody. You're like, like <laughs> Mosenrath. Uh, Kendra showed me uh, the, the, this a photo of him has a levitating eel as a familiar or something. <laughs> Xerxes. There's so many different things wrong with it. like Xerxes is a different mythology, <laughs> and then it's a levitating sea creature. Which you claim is a, is a, is a, is like a, trying to ride the popularity of the Little Mermaid. I think so. That's the only thing I can guess. It's so like just so many old old producers grasping at straws. It feels like. Well, you know, it was the Aladdin cartoon show, so. But you had big ol' you had big ol' uh, wide on for him. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a female version of a hard on, right? I I'm gonna let you have that one. Or nibbing out. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, anywho. Um, anyway, yeah, so point being, I feel like you don't cast Jonathan Brandis in this movie and then give him a fairly large role in the movie unless you are trying to att- attract that sort of pre-tween, tween, you know, Brandis is, I mean, like, I'll give it to Brandis, like, he's not a, he's a good child actor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He plays it convincingly. He has a weird deep voice, like I said. Yeah. Which, like, definitely, like, hit the for that vibrance like hit women hit young girls definitely i can attest to that i feel like um and i can see that uh yeah sorry go on no no no, but yeah so that was the child appeal but then if i'm a nine-year-old girl in 1992 and i'm watching this movie for jonathan brandis i'm looking up and wondering who the hell rodney dangerfield is (laughs) the like okay i was writing down all the sexual innuendos and and double speak of the movie, yeah. and then I had to stop because, like, I, it was like I was in a lecture hall, like because, I mean, this is why they hired Rodney Dangerfield, but I, like they they misjudged it, and they also swear a lot. I don't know they what do. the like and the kids swear a lot. Yeah, Brandis says like bullshit and holy yes. shit and goddamn it like over and over again. I thought I heard the word fuck at one point, but I don't know if that was hallucinated. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's a weird mix of adult and kid stuff, and then, but then it is really aimed at kids, where you have this relationship between Jonathan Brandis's character and the hot blonde girl on the soccer team, who he sees and you know immediately has some weird fantasy about, where she is running towards. Wait, 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 him. hold on. Yes. I just sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Go. I um. 
Yeah, I, I, I felt so profoundly uncomfortable when that happened and then happened for like um, two minutes. I'm there with you. So there's a scene in this movie. I'm not sure how old the child actress was. But she's playing a 13-year-old. Right. Which is the key. Yeah, and so there is a scene. Jonathan Brandis sees this girl playing <laughs> soccer for the first time and immediately, literally undresses her with his eyes until she's wearing a ladybug colored uh bra and, and those high cut underwear that were like high cut panties that were really popular back then and she's 13 she's like high cut high waist 90s panties and a bra yeah and she's running in slow motion to him and her nominally 13 year old breasts are like <laughs> bouncing in slow motion i felt really yeah i felt very uncomfortable and then there's that. a whole but then there's a whole but then it, you're like okay well they're doing like a fast times at ridgemont high kind of like idea which is like frankly true to a whatever how old he is 13 14 that's like true to the psyche of of that of that aged boy but like then but i like yeah so like as an adult like you should certainly you should feel uncomfortable and then there's an extended like wedding wedding life like and they're in these like ridiculous 90 90s suits and outfits with big hair and like and then it just stops. She was 14 when that was filmed. Oh, boy. Actually, no. Well, the movie came out in 92, so let's say it was filmed in 91. So she was 12, 13 at the time. How old she now? Uh, she was born in 76. Oh. Yeah. She she pretty. She looked good to me. She's not... <laughs> wow. Okay. You know what? I, I was going to comment on her career uh, what she since wonder... this time. Her name uh-huh. is not She Looked Pretty, She Looked Good. Her <laughs> name is Vanessa Shaw. A pretty name. Um, and <laughs> She's in 310 to Yuma. <laughs> she's currently starring on Ray Donovan on Showtime. Oh, very nice. Um, And she had, yes, she was in 310 to Yuma, and she was mm-hmm. on that NBC show Vegas. So she's worked, um... Ladybugs didn't destroy her career like it could have because it was a terrible movie. It didn't really destroy anyone's career. Well, Jonathan Brandis's career like never took off. But it never, it never did anyway. He had a healthy mix, a tossed salad of like just like. (laughs) 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 I'm just trying to enjoy the innuendos that link me to this film. Yeah, Um, but yeah. So I'm uh, even as an adult woman, like I, I. yeah, I was very uncomfortable with the, there was a lot of sexualization of children actually in, or sexual innuendo directed towards children. No one was, movie. I mean, no one was safe. Like the, the, the movie is all about just like jokes about fucking, jerking off, rape, molestation. Yeah. Child molestation. Child molestation is just a joke. I mean like, but th- that's been a joke, like in the seventies there was, you remember Mason Reese? Yeah. The pilot episode of Mason Reese's show was an extended joke about pedophilia. Oh. Um, so, like, I mean, I don't think we got cured of that stuff until, like, actually sadly recently. Yeah. Um, I want to just go back to the plot really quick just so we can, like, move in a semi-chronological way. Do it. I'm just going to bang out the plot points. You should have seen the movie because this p- podcast is supposed to be a companion piece. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Dangerfield, Seminar. Needs to get married to the lady. Everyone has a love interest. It's a classic formula. Uh, because she's, she's, you know, barely developed wife character, too pretty for Rodney Dangerfield. Goes to, the, goes to the boss's office to ask for a raise. Gets stonewalled by the boss who play, is a typical asshole. Uh, after, uh, but, but before that, <laughs> him, the boss and his hot wife... Uh, who he just seeks for her approval because that's when she, like, gives sex to him. Yes. It's all about fucking. Yep. Guys. Like life. Uh, and then it, she wants the ladybugs to win. She wants her daughter's team to win. They had a wonderful winning streak. So then Rodney Dangerfield pretends to like soccer. Which is also weird because, again, this is 1992. Soccer was not, as far as I'm aware, a thing here yet. Well, I'm, I mean, it, I mean, come on, it existed. I mean, no, it exi- it totally existed, but like to have an entire movie centered around soccer seems like it was ahead of its time. Progressive? In a way. Was it a little progressive it's, it's in one way? It's not a progressive movie. Let's not go there. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. 
I mean, I'm just saying, because, like, in this time, we had the Sandlot, so you had your baseball movies, you had your Big Green. I don't, that was a soccer movie, but that was later. Yeah. Little Giants, you had your series of football Little Giants. Movies, your hockey movies. This seemed more of, like, a, a, like a Bad News Bears desire. Like, mm-hmm. they were hoping Dangerfield could be, like, 92's Walter Matthau. Is that who was in that? I think so, yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know if maybe, like, I can... I feel like I could, like, read beyond the movie to the script <laughs> and to the produ- like to, and to the like production notes okay. by the studio. Right. So like we got Dangerfield, like he's hot, like he probably did that one comedy album that I forget that Rodney Dangerfield did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he had been in Caddyshack, which was clearly a successful movie. Yeah, that that like helped him out a lot. Yeah. And then he did Back to School, which I people speak about. Which, did you know that, did you know, you know how Dangerfield in that movie does, like, an extended diving sequence? Like, yeah. he does, like, a dive, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Okay, he dives. Uh, he did, he, in his younger years, he did do that. Oh, he was a competitive diver? I don't know about competitive, but, like, he was, like, this sort of, like, traveling tinker showman early in his life. You know, he's from Queens and Brooklyn, and, like, yeah, at one point, he was doing, like, diving Oh, I don't know. I did not know that. I would never have imagined that. Um, but let's let's jump back into the your plot points. We were right. we hit. He wants he ends up coaching the soccer team because he lies to his boss and says that he really likes soccer. Boss wants to impress his wife, and so he tells Rodney Dangerfield and by proxy Jack A <laughs> that they are going to be coaching the soccer team. So they get, Jack A's gotta be there. They are such the dynamic duo. I can't believe they didn't get more movies after this. <laughs> I'm shocked. I know they should have had like a sort of like lethal weapon thing happen to them, <laughs> or something. I would that would have been great. Well, thank God Jack A got Sister Sister in 1994. So she was, you know, she was fine. Um, but so. They go to coach the soccer team. They find out that none of the girls from the winning team last year are returning, and thus they need to bring in Jonathan Brandeis. Um, right. Yeah. In classic Bad News Bears sense, it's a ragtag group of girls. Don't know how to play as a team. Got a lot of different personalities out there. <laughs> and by a lot of different personalities, we mean all of the nice stereotypes of the <laughs> 90s so that you don't have to think too hard about the characters. You just know that the black one is the sassy one. The Asian one is... Loves ornith- ornithop... No, what's... The, what's Shit. She likes butterflies, but she also speaks and can't pronounce her R's. So, you know, you know she's Asian. Yeah. Um, the nerdy one with glasses. Right. That's not confident, but then later learns to be confident by taking off her glasses. Uh, <laughs> Literally by taking off her glasses and shaking out her blonde hair. And the hot one. Yeah. Who's not so good at the sport, but she's good at winning the boys' hearts. Who is actually... The boss's daughter. Yes. Okay. All right. We Do we understand <laughs> how this will play out? Because it will, exactly as you expected. Yeah, there's no surprise in the ladybugs. Um, oh, I remember a joke that Rodney Dangerfield said. Oh, please, please. Just please. to give you the sense and, and, and quality of humor, he opens the back of his fan, and there are soccer balls in it. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know one thing. I've got a lot of balls. And so that's a funny joke that you'll laugh at if you watch the movie, and there's plenty more of that caliber, or worse, <laughs> that will continue to just teoretically stream out of fucking Dangerfield's mouth. And when we get back, because we're going to go to break now, and then we're just going to talk a little bit more about Ladybugs, the 1992 classic of our childhoods. Stay tuned. Hey guys, you have uh, questions or comments about Ladybugs? Was this an important movie of your childhood that we just completely uh, ruined? We're, I would say we're sorry, but we're not really sorry about that because this is a horrible movie. Um, but if you have anything to say to us, you can hit me up on Twitter at Kids Table Pod. Or you can send in questions or comments to our email address at kidstablepod at gmail.com. Chester? Oh, Mr. Mullen, how are you? You know, I uh, I remember our last conversation. I know you wanted a winning team, you know, but it just takes time. I mean, don't be angry, huh? It'll work out. They're getting better. I mean, you know how girls are. 
They never come through right away, you know? Whoa, you know, whoa, so whoa, I whoa, made... whoa, 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 Chester, take it easy. Slow down. You've got it all wrong. You've made terrific progress. You almost won the last game. My wife and I are very pleased. Really? Of course we are. Are you kidding? And this new girl you got on the team, Martha? I hear she's great. Oh, she is. She is. She's really something different, you know? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I'm happy you feel that way, Mr. Mullen. <laughs> Chester, call me Dave. Okay, Dave. Chester, you keep up the good work. This time next year, you'll have ten men under you. Hey, Dave, can you make it women? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We watched a little bit of the movie while um, we were away, and we refilled our wine glasses. And so. we also did some research and found a cool fact. We did, and we're going to share that fact with you. We're really excited about it. <laughs> um... But before we went to break, unfortunately, we found this cool fact. I want to share it, but I did promise to tell you my favorite joke from the movie. Um, mm. I mean, it's not my personal favorite in that I would laugh at it enthusiastically. Um, but it's my personal favorite in that it's the worst thing in the movie. And it's Rodney Dangerfield is with his fiance and they are leaving the house. And they see a man innocently riding by on his bike with his uh, toddler put in his bike seat. Um, it was, yeah, a toddler in a bike seat. And Rodney Dangerfield says, oh, look at that. Wait, can you, can you uh, do your Rodney Dangerfield, please? Rodney Dangerfield is needlessly critiquing everything in the neighborhood because they're looking at a house. They're doing a tour of a house to buy, and he doesn't think he's going to get the promotion. Yeah. He doesn't think he's going to be able to afford it. Yeah. So he's starting to, like, critique stuff. But could you just do, do the joke in your, in your perfect Rodney? Yeah. All right, we're going to do the joke. Uh, no, that's not. I'm going to do that. Uh, so a man, <laughs> yeah, a dad rides by with his son, his, like, toddler son in the little thing, bike seat in the back. And it's like, ah, fuck, what is it? Rodney did is like, look at that, that poor kid spending all those hours looking at his father's rear end. He's going to grow up married to Henry and wonder why. <laughs> or something, something like that. <laughs> and that, at that point, I turned the movie off and said, oh my God, aloud in my room, because, oh my God, that got past censors in 1992. Right, and if you if you weren't clear, if, like, maybe you didn't think, like, if you think on it, it's an incest joke. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a, like, a, like reverse Oedipal joke, and it's a gay joke. It's a gay joke. So, so far, we have with this movie... It's an anti-bike seat joke, too, if you really think about it. <laughs> it really is, which, why? Every Nothing child, sacred to Dangerfield. Every child should enjoy being on a bike, uh, on the back of his parents' bike. But so, to tally... There's the danger zone. Please don't. And then there's the danger field, <laughs> which is a smaller area. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so, um, if we are tallying so far, this movie is misogynistic, it's sexist, it's a little bit racist. It's kind of transphobic because there's a whole bathroom scene that we haven't even gotten into. Mm. And but that's a beautiful marriage of transphobic and 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 uh, child molestation. Yes, pro uh, uh, pro child or, molestation. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so to add to this, it's now homophobic. Mm. But I mean, as a product <laughs> of its time and of Rodney Dangerfield's time, hacky '80s comics just lived in that territory until very recently. Yeah, that is That's not a I'm not forgiving it, right. but yeah, it's the just the it's the hackiest worst lowest common denominator humor throughout. I mean, but that said, I feel like this is the most of all of those things that we are going to see in any of the movies that we revisit. I could be wrong. I'm saying this very early on, but this seemed to be the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, this can't, like, I can't imagine it gets much worse because, like, Man of the House had its, like, problematic elements, but, like, in, in a way you'd expect. Yeah, its heart was in the right place. <laughs> yeah. It had good intentions, as you know. This movie knew what it was doing. <laughs> Mean. Um, I mean, as soon as you cast 71-year-old Rodney Dangerfield <sighs> against a 30-something-year-old woman as her love interest, that is the interesting fact that we learned during yeah, our Yeah, we found out that Dangerfield was 72, uh, 71, sorry, our engineer uh, just told us, 71 <laughs> during the shooting of this movie, which blew my mind. And, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, we looked up the date of his supposed wife, fiance, 
she is 35 years his junior. <laughs> Which, that's, I mean, even for Hollywood. And you see all those statistics now where how George Clooney is always being paired with a younger woman or how, I don't know, who are the other heartthrobs in, in Hollywood these days? Who do we care about that? Uh, uh, Tom Cruise. There we go, yeah. Tom, but he looks like Brad a man. He's in that weird movie with his wife. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he just acts with his wife now. But anyway, point being, these, these Hollywood guys are always paired with women, you know, 15 or 20 women, 20 years their junior. <laughs> or 20 women, yeah. yeah. Or 20 women. Um, But I feel like 71 to 35 years your junior is quite the extreme. It's gross. It's icky. It's, it's disgusting. gross. It's... I mean, and the other the other fact we learned was that Rodney Dangerfield passed away. Yes. In two thousand four. Yes. Making him live uh, one year longer than his child co-star Jonathan Brandis, who took his own life in two thousand three. No, it's just like. The fact is absurd. I mean, yeah, it's an absurd fact. Um, so when my favorite actors used to die, my mom had this tradition that she would do with me because I tended to overreact to things, I guess, where she would know that I read the New York Times in the morning and that I, I tended to read the papers. So she would tear the obituaries out of the papers um, and give them to me only after she felt that I was in a calm place. Uh, yes, that really weird. That is really, really, <laughs> really weird. But this, ha this happened more than once in my house. It happened with Jonathan Brandis, I remember distinctly, and it also happened with Kevin Smith, who used to play Ares on Xena. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. He died when we were in middle school, I think. What happened? A uh, stunt fall. Oh, yeah, that's like his. Badass. Yeah, his is sad. Like it, you know. I mean, or they're both badass. Sad. I don't know. Well, that's yeah, badass. He fell off like a. a building or something doing a stunt in china or japan whoa cool. yeah I a, a good way to go out i guess um but yeah jonathan brandis i guess from what we read his career never quite went uh the way he was hoping for it i mean i have fond memories we i watched sequest and uh, clearly from the last segment you know that i loved him on aladdin he was also in uh, uh a movie that i didn't like uh Lamb or uh, Never Ending Story Two. Oh, okay. Okay. He played. He played hashtag not my Bastion, but he played Bastion, the little boy. <laughs> he was too handsome to play like Bastion because Bastion was supposed to be like a nerdy kid who you would root for that would never be popular. Okay. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So he he didn't have horrible roles, or at least he had roles that were memorable and meant something to the two of us. Mm -hmm. But. He, his career wasn't going the way he'd hoped for, and after um, Hearts War, that Colin Farrell and Bruce Willis movie uh, of the early aughts didn't go so well, he hung himself, unfortunately, um, outside of his apartment. Did he hang himself? Like, I, I, there was also a rumor that it was near a poster, or like he like had some weird statement where like he was trying to clearly draw a line. This is all hearsay. Uh-huh. They even in Wikipedia and in other articles are like, don't spread rumors, but it's 2003. Uh, yeah, so Hart's War was supposed to be like the revitalization of his career. He was not doing things that were particularly like that he liked to be in. He didn't feel creatively fulfilled. Yeah. And this is like a common thread of like child actors. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, they don't. I feel like he. There are at least two child actors that were going to be visiting um, on the kids' table that where their lives did end in this way, unfortunately. Um, there's Jonathan Brandis, and then there's, we'll get to Brad Renfro, who was the star of Tom and Huck, who OD'd oh. at some point in the aughts. And then, 80s star, but wasn't one of the Corys? Yeah, one of the Corys also OD'd. I don't think we're going to be visiting him at any point. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, just thought that you should know this dark Paul over Ladybugs. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was a little... To watch this knowing that his career didn't really go anywhere, um, it's a little sad because I feel like I enjoyed him. Yeah, like I said before, he's a good child actor. Like, he... he he was decent. I don't know. I don't know about, like, Hearts War. Was he excised completely from Hearts War? I don't know. Yeah, so the point with Hearts War was um, 
they cut out a few of his scenes, it seems like, so he wasn't in as much of the movie as he thought he was going to be. And that was disappointing to him. The movie also didn't do particularly well in the box office, though I don't think it was a huge failure. I own it on DVD, if that means anything. Um, <laughs> but, it, so yeah, it, it didn't do too well. And I don't necessarily remember him specifically in the movie. So, I don't know. So, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was a Paul, guys, over this whole thing. I'm so sorry. Um... Let's, you know what, let's take a little bit of a break. I'm going to play you guys a scene. Um, we're going to get this back back on track with a duet by Jack Hay and Rodney Dangerfield. They really threw, they like really tried everything. Everything in the kitchen sink in this movie. Was this because he did rapping Rodney? I didn't know about rapping Rodney. Please tell before the break. Well, his like I forget like his comedy album did really well, and then uh, this is all I know. Okay. And then he just did an album called Rap and Rodney, oh, where he raps. I don't think that's something I need in my life. You should check it out though. If anyone's curious, check it out. Anyway, yeah, he does okay. a duet with Jack Hay. Here you go. Here we go. Shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will. Oh, what a thrill! Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. Uh, it was set to a montage of newspaper clippings as the ladybugs go through a great winning streak. Uh, so and... great that it has to be printed up in the paper. Well, they're in some little pona. Like, where are they? I think they're in Denver. Oh, yeah. They're in Colorado, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah. So they're doing great. They're singing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brandis is in a wig, and ju- that's it. And Rodney shorts. Rodney Dangerfield's eyes are ginormous. Yeah, his eyes are agog. He's <laughs> rocking on his heels, and he's delivering sexual innuendos left and right on any any opportunity. Uh, Actually, he really is, because that uh, duet comes right after he's encouraged the ugly duckling on the team to remove her glasses and see how pretty she is. It's a really disturbing scene, considering... He just did a whole pedophilia child molestation uh, montage with Jonathan Brandis in a dressing room. They're trying to put on a wig, and and he's he's saying, "Don't tell your mom about this." And this, the, it's too tight. It's too tight. The wig is so tight. Uh. But he doesn't say wig. Yeah, he, well, he doesn't say wig. Right. Everything's yeah. Fuck. Fuck. And then like, <laughs> there's like a lady waiting outside of the waiting room, and then Rodney Dangerfield comes out. And she's got a daughter with her, and he says, "Your daughter's so cute, it's such a little button." And he's just rubbing her, and like, <sighs> she, yeah, like the problem with the movie is that, like, yeah, for instance, like when Ronnie Dangerfield is talking to the ugly one, which classically, in classic like misogynist format, uh, takes right. off her glasses and lets down her hair, and suddenly she's beautiful, and like pushes out her chest a little bit, and suddenly she's beautiful, and she's a child, and, and also, <laughs> also. You take off your glasses and suddenly you're good at sports. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly she she can still see, and uh, it doesn't earn those beats. Like you, you don't it, like the tone is so like bombastic and disgusting uh, for so much of it, and it's so like cartoony in this like weird Porky's kind of National Lampoon way. So that like when they just shoehorn in these pivotal moments where the kids, for instance, learn to love Chester, the coach. Or Jonathan Brandis' character, Matthew. Uh, fucking hate that he shares my name. Um, <laughs> like, uh, suddenly agrees to be put in drag in a split, like, in a second after supposedly hating 
Chester. Right, because this, as we're going to see in a lot of 90s... For stepping uh, his mom. Yeah, in a lot of 90s kids movies, uh, this evil stepfather, or supposedly evil stepfather thing, is a huge beat that they like to hit. Yeah, single parents, parents of divorce, sort of trying to reform a, a family unit, which is always a classic nuclear family unit, is like, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 Rodney Dangerfield never actually earns any of this love because, once again, I can't get past this. He spends the entire movie sexually harassing people and <laughs> sexualizing children. Yeah, he is in love with his fiance, who again, thirty-five years is junior. Might as well be a child. Right. Gets no gets no role or fleshed out. She's just there to sort of either like disapprove or love Rodney Dangerfield, depending on what the plot needs. And then the entire time he is hitting on women, he is definitely wants to fuck his boss's wife the entire time, so he's gonna be Unfaithful. Which, by the way, we know she's classy because the secretary says as she struts out of the office for the first time, that's his wife. She's a classy woman. Yeah, that's Jackay's line. <laughs> Jackay, I don't ever know how to say it. No, that's the old the old white secretary. Oh, the one yeah. who he also flirts with and says, like, maybe you should let your hair down and maybe I'll fuck you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Rodney Dangerfield offers to fuck every human being. We should, all of us women, should be so lucky to have Rodney Dangerfield want to fuck. (laughs) This sentence hurts so bad. So. Anyway. Okay, so where are we? They are winning games now. Because Jonathan Brandis is a boy, and therefore better at sports. (laughs) So he's been kicking ass and getting the team in shape. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, like that's like really it. Like it's thin. That is, the, I mean, that is the movie. Jonathan Brandis comes, um, and of course, at the end, he takes on the savior role of not playing in the championship, so that the girls can prove to themselves that they can do it without the boy. And also, he reveals to his crush, the beautiful blonde, overly sexualized one. <laughs> that he is a boy by pulling off his wig and then shutting the door to her home and doing God knows what to her. Right, which then Rodney Dangerfield alludes to when the boss at the very end is like, oh, "Oh, your stepson's been spending a lot of time with my daughter, like, seeing a lot of my daughter, and he's like, more than you know. Uh, they're fucking. They're fucking. Why? Why would you ever say that? Because to... everyone's, fu- everyone's fucking. Sex is the, is the, they want everyone to fuck. Oh. This movie is just filled to the gills with sexual fluids. And yet... Every one of us watched it as a child. Yeah. Except you. Well. <laughs> and, like, the boss's wife, there's, like, a full, like, panty shot, like... Oh, my God, yes! Behind crotch shot. It's, like, really lewd. <laughs> yes, there is a scene in this movie where the boss's wife bends over, and she's wearing, like, a short gray skirt or something, and... Her... You see, like, You're back just... labia. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and Rodney Dangerfield stares at it with his eyes bulging. I'm sorry, I can't get over the fact that his eyes just bulge so much during this movie. They come out so far. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, and, but yeah, he still loves his wife, but... Yeah. He'll ogle any female form that struts by. Yeah. Whew. So, th- like, <sighs> I don't know, like, I get, like, if you've watched the movie, you know that it's traumatic a little bit and kind of weird, uh, yeah, Jonathan Brandis whips off his wig. Everyone learns, and then Ronnie Chester, I'll just call him Chester, I'm Chester. sorry, is like, you know, women, you don't need a guy, you're women, you're already powerful, you, you got the vote. Which, by the way, nothing that he's done through this entire movie would have indicated to these girls that they are powerful in any way besides pleasuring him or another man eventually <laughs> sexually. <laughs> They never pleasure Chester. They never actually pleasure Chester. I know that, like, it seems like it could be feasible that they did. Maybe by accident. Him or other men is what I'm saying. Like, they are not really elevated to the status (laughs) of characters that you should care about. Right. Oh, and also, if you, yes, everything comes to a head. Uh, Jonathan Brandis gets caught with... Uh, the dress on, trying to dupe uh, his mom and this one, the hot girl at the same time. She immediately reacts by kicking Chester out. They both go to the bar. I don't know, classic. Like, classic nadir, denouement, sort of, like, third act of the thing. 
Right. I mean, yeah, his mom is just, I think we t touched on this earlier slightly, his mom is unduly upset over the fact that her son is wearing a dress. She calls him corrupted. Yeah, which he is by Chester, but the Not disapproval, the yeah, <laughs> the disapproval is like put wrong. This movie is really upsetting. It's really bad. I really am, I Do really we... am sad that I watched it. I know. I mean, okay, so at the end of all of these episodes, we have to be honest with ourselves and we rate the movie as we would have rated it as a child, um, whether we had seen it as a child or whether we hadn't, and then we rate it as we're feeling about it now as our late 20s selves. Wait, before, okay, yeah. sorry. No. Let's just get the last bit of the movie out of there. Yeah. You guys should have watched it if you're listening, <laughs> but we're going to tell you how it ends, and then we'll do the assessment, I think. Yeah. So the movie ends with no explanation of how... Chester's fiance feels towards him. She just forgives him at some point off camera. She just arrives at a random at the la at the final game, right? Exactly. And she just sort of smiles forgivingly from a van. Yes. And he smiles horribly with his giant eyes. Right. Um. So they win the game at, without uh, Martha slash Matthew playing. Right. Yeah. I guess we never said that. Like his his alter ego, female alter ego, is Martha. Martha with the very deep voice. And he just talks like he does normally. Yes. And fools everyone. Yeah. So they win, um, and Chester ends up marrying, ostensibly, we think, the woman. He gets the girl. We would assume, yeah. Yeah, and um, the movie ends with him driving another team of supposedly what we think are baseball players <laughs> to another game, and it's a large group of boys, which just makes me even more nervous. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yep. He's finally, like, figured out what he's into. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so upsetting. And he dresses yeah. them all as, as girls. And calls them a softball team. And that's what he took away from his whole experience. That he should just collect little boys and dress them as girls. <laughs> dress them as pretty girls, put them in uniforms, and uh, cheat at, at child various sports. child sports in order to maintain his standing in a company as a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so if that doesn't hang together for you, I don't know what's wrong with you. But, but um, and I'm going to not implore on you once again to do your Rodney Dangerfield so that we can get the last line of this movie. All right, sorry if it's not exactly right, but I don't know if I could really fail. <laughs> we all know Rodney Dangerfield's special catchphrase, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is a, ends in a freeze frame where he <laughs> mugs that camera with his giant eyes and goes, finally, I got some respect. <laughs> freeze frame, <laughs> the end of the movie. Oh, and Jonathan Brandis kisses the pretty fuck the fucking pretty girl, right? And gets that, which mm. is age appropriate for them both, right? Yeah. So I don't feel horrible about that. Right. That was the only natural thing that happened. Yeah. So that is. Uh, oh, and the does. the boss the boss probably was given sexual favors for having a successful soccer team from his wife. Yeah, because that wife cared a lot about that soccer team. <sighs> it really did feel like a National Lampoon sort of sex comedy was like shoved forcibly into the like rubric of a children's sports ragtag sort of like underdog story yeah it's it's so true because that movie earned its pg-13 and i think it, it was harder to get that pg-13 rating back in the day yeah how many shits were you allotted as a 90 film in 92 versus like now i have no idea but i think it's less Oh, Pat, Patrick, our, our resident <laughs> engineer, is saying you can say shit as many times as you want oh, in a PG-13. You get one fuck, yeah. I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they were within their rights. I guess, but, you know, you had the... Not only did you have the cursing, which was coming equally from the children as it was from Chester, you had the panty shots and... Oh, oh, sorry. I know we're coming up on time. I have, a few, I have a few minor points. Uh, <laughs> okay, my favorite joke yeah. was... Um, when when uh, Ronnie Dangerfield Chester is just like they're getting beat to death by like the final really good team. Yeah. 
And and then he just he just says the joke that is sort of like the thesis statement of all the other jokes where he goes, uh, the only thing uh, th- that goes quicker than that is when I have sex. He just says that. He just says, when I'm fucking, I come quicker, uh, barely quicker than these girls scored on my team. <laughs> okay, so you have that blatantly sexual joke, which is followed by a joke that you would see in a children's movie literally five seconds later where a girl gets the ball stolen from her and she looks at the camera and says, oh, boogers. Yep. So high, low, or just low, lower. And then, um, okay, and then some other things. Uh, oh, for the big, uh, uh, like, intermission show for the soccer game, yeah. a woman drives out in a giant wienermobile. Yes. Um, and then there's a sort of meta-commentary on how much Chester has been making sex jokes where Jackay is like, and Mrs. Wiener in her Wiener-shaped car, and she's driving out there, and then Ronnie Dangerfield just like looks respectfully as it drives by, <laughs> and then Jackay is like, "You're not gonna make a joke," and he's just like, "No, no, it's, it's a, I like the car. It's funny. It's a funny car." So I don't know. Like they were aware of like what I don't know. I I don't know how aware anyone on this set was. I know. The sex, like, as fast as I have sex, like, gross, gross imagery. All right, mm-hmm. now, I don't know if you have anything else to add before we recap. No, I just, I feel like a tiny part of small Kendra has died. Yeah, I, I like, I feel the way, I feel, like, somewhat similarly to when I watched, like, Solo. Or 120 Days of Sodom. Like, the same sort of, like, filth level, but maybe for a little bit different reasons with this movie. Yeah. But But boy, oh boy. Really you, you did a Pasolini yeah. on me. So, uh, Matt, what would, um, what would four-year-old Matt in 1992, or, you know, six-year-old Matt later on, <laughs> young Matt, what would uh-huh. young Matt have thought of Ladybugs? I think it would vary wildly. Um depending on my age, I think, like, around 10 or whenever kids watch this, 8, 9, 10, uh, I think I would have loved it. I I think I knew, I would know that weird adult shit was happening, Mm -hmm. and there would be cursing, which I definitely would have noticed, um, and sexual stuff. Um, I think I would have been titillated and, uh, (laughs) and greatly tickled by this movie, and really, and really like it. And now... And I'm not like I, like. So on a, on a scale of one through oh, five sorry. stars, yeah, yeah, for for childhood math. As a childhood movie, I would probably give it like three and a half. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. solidly. I like fantasy and, and and sci-fi and stuff more when I was a kid. So like, that stuff would always score higher. But yeah. like, this is fine. Um, as an adult, as you could probably have heard, he, like heard through the whole thing, like this movie is so lazy and offends every human being and is just like slapped to get like you can see it's like a shitty house with like just like the siding falling off and you can just like see the bad worksmanship um and again i don't like being like all smug and adult and having my like full faculties to judge a 90s kids film but like you should just steer clear of this movie and you should never show your children this movie and it's really fucking bad and i give it a <laughs> i give it a goddamn like one out of five the one is just for sheer like wow factor i mean the fact you know what the fact that they got a a 90 minute movie made that's an accomplishment in and of itself for some people sure i like a 0.5 it's real bad it's really bad it's pretty fucking and no one and no and no one is redeemed there's nothing um redemptive in any like no one everyone looks bad yeah because of the film yeah you can't even as a white straight male <laughs> who usually just comes out on top of any any cultural thing like you're still dirtied by this film. <laughs> that's saying something at 92. Yeah. Yeah, this um this is not a good movie, but I have to be very honest that young Kendra loved this movie. I only remember two scenes that young Kendra loved from this movie, but young Kendra loved this movie, so young Kendra gives it a 4. Out of five stars. Brutally honest. I mean, that's brutally honest. Young Kendra was really into the uh, sort of rough and tumble, deep-throated 
bad boy. Whoa, okay. Oh, that's sorry. That was no, 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 no. It's, you no? meant it. That came from your Freud centers. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I, I think I meant deep voiced. Sure. Yeah. Deep the the deep voice of Jonathan Brandis. Um, sure you. Did. I was really into that. So, as an adult. <laughs> I really feel like I've ruined a part of my childhood, and I don't say that in 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 that sort of <laughs> ingenuine, flippant way. I really feel like something has been ruined here. This is like if I rewatched all de- every season of Deep Space Nine and discovered that it was horrible. Like that's how I'm feeling right now. That's how important this movie was to me. Parents, yeah. final statement that I have. <laughs> Children are affected in ways that I feel like sometimes you don't understand, like, how they're going to react. A movie that would seem as innocuous as Ladybugs is, in fact, incredibly damaging. I saw Schindler's List when I was eight, um, and uh, I think I'm better for that, even though every instinct in your parental nerves would tell you to switch the, like, order of that. Um, So just, I don't know, think about that. Yeah. When you're exposing your children to entertainment. Show your children Schindler's List, not if you had a Ladybugs. choice. If you had a choice between Ladybugs and Schindler's List, make your children watch Schindler's List. You know what? I can't find anything wrong with that statement at They're, all. It's airtight, baby. Airtight. It holds water. And uh, so that's been The Ladybugs <laughs> from 1992, <laughs> starring Rodney Dangerfield, Jack A., and Jonathan Brandis, um, we really apologize if you watched this movie in advance of listening to this podcast. <laughs> but also, if you liked it, uh, uh, sorry, we're not trying to shame you. No, no. If you liked it, in fact, you should tell us. Um, you can tell us at, at Kids Table Pod mm. on Twitter. Or you can email me a long rebuttal to uh, Matt and I's statements at kidstablepod at gmail.com. I'd be fascinated to hear counter-arguments. Yeah, I mean, if you have an argument for this movie, you're a better or worse person than the rest of us. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Yes, thank you. That's been the Kids Table for this week. Bye. Bye.